Welcome to the Social Policy Connections audio podcast. The following podcast features a lecture delivered by Kevin Peoples titled Santa Maria's Salesman Working for the National Catholic Rural Movement, 1959 to 1961. If you would like to attend one of our events, please refer to our website, www.socialpolicyconnections.org. Au. Please feel free to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or via an RSS feed located on our website's homepage, as we will be publishing podcasts regularly, free of charge. Kevin holds a master's degree from the University of Melbourne in Australian history and has had a long-standing interest in politics and social justice issues. Kevin's recently published book, Santa Maria's Salesman, gives unique insights into Santa Maria's leadership of the often mentioned but little understood National Catholic Rural Movement. And now, Kevin Peoples. Well, thank you all for coming on such a cold night. And uh, I'm delighted, of course, to be here with, uh, with Bruce Duncan because um, after I left um, the National Catholic Rural Movement, um, I finished up after a, a bout of window cleaning in Ballarat, I finished up uh, going to um, the seminary and that involved going to a Sacred Heart College in Barrel, Chevalier College. And I joined year 10, age 25, to matriculate and get into the seminary. And who was in my class in year 10 at Chevalier but a young Bruce Duncan, <laughs> aged 15. So Bruce and I go back a very long way. And here we are, 60 years on, and uh, we're still hugging the limelight talking about the church and politics. So this is about Santa Maria's salesman. And I want to say, first of all, a few things about the book. Um, it's both a memoir and a history. Um, as a memoir, it's a story about me growing up Catholic in the small country town of Turang in uh, the 1950s. And Turang was the, the centre of Irish Catholicism in Victoria. It was a place where virtually everyone who was Catholic went to Mass. It was a place where virtually um, you, you were either a Catholic or you were a non-Catholic. And the term itself, non-Catholic, says it all, doesn't it? There was no such thing as a mixed marriage in the 50s. Non-Catholics who married Catholics became Catholics. It was a place where Catholics were strictly forbidden to go into a non-Catholic church for a wedding or a funeral. In fact, I've written a short story about the time my father took me to the funeral of his non-Catholic friend. And I was appalled that my father insisted that we stand back at the service. And then when we went to the ceremony at the funeral, at the graveside, Dad insisted again that we stand right at the back. And it was only after everyone had gone 
that my father went up and, and me with him. And that was in the 19, late 1950s, early 60s. Um, it would be fair to say that I grew up possessing the truth. Um, <laughs> there was uh, one true church. Everyone else was wrong. Um, I lived in the knowledge and the confidence that as a Catholic I was specially chosen. There was no part of my life that was not influenced by religion. So it would be fair to say that Santa Maria Salesman is a very Catholic book. In fact, uh, my non-Catholic friends who are reading it uh, find it extremely difficult to get their head around Catholic action, the rural movement and Bob Santa Maria. Um, but it's more than a memoir, it's more than just me growing up Catholic. It's also a history. And it's uh, a history in which the National Catholic Rural Movement is analysed. Its nature, its origins, its purpose, its policies, its ideology. Its status as a movement of Catholic actions. Its successes and its failures. And to the best of my knowledge, no other book has done that. People have written... Um, doctorates and master's degrees about the rural movement, but to my knowledge no one has published anything on it. <coughs> but the history is driven by the narrative. It's about what happened to me as a young man working for the National Catholic Rural Movement as its National Organising Secretary in the years 1959 to 1961. It was a grand title indeed for a young man who had year 10 from the Tehran High and wouldn't have been able to spell Mao Zedong or Chow in life. But once I got down to Melbourne, I soon learned how to spell those names. The NCRM was led by B.A. Santa Maria, who I called Bob throughout the book. I've always called him Bob. It's perhaps we've got a family connection. He's always been Bob. Um, when I joined the NCRM, I was 22, going on 12, I think, probably. I was by then a committed Catholic actionist. My commitment to the lay apostolate came from my membership of the YCW, the Young Christian Workers' Movement. And I'm delighted to see some members of the YCW in the past here tonight. I may have been uneducated, relatively speaking, but I was trusting, optimistic, naive, country, and filled with good intent. The YCW had taught me that as a member of the mystical body of Christ, I was in fact another Christ, that I was filled with the Holy Spirit, that I had a special mission in life, that in my situation I was irreplaceable, that I had a responsibility to act, that I was capable of great things, and I never doubted any of this ever when I was growing up. I knew very little about the NCRM when I started working as a money collector. I knew it was a movement of Catholic action, I'd learnt that from Pat and Maureen Burke, who figure prominently in the early parts of the book. 
I worked on their farm during the 1958 federal election campaign. Pat and Maureen Burke were the Santa Maria elite in my hometown. Pat was the DLP candidate. They ran the NCC, the National Civic Council, or the movement, and they also ran the rural movement. They were, like people all around the state, organising the DLP, the movement, and the rural movement by the time I started in 1958. <coughs> when I was doing my research, I found to my surprise that Pat reported at one national executive meeting that they had in fact gone out of their way to recruit me and interest me in the rural movement. I argued with the Burks about the rural movement. I was so arrogant. But because I knew everything and because the Holy Spirit was telling me that I knew, and I knew the YCW was right, and I knew Carlisle was right, and I thought these people had it all wrong. So I argued strongly as this naive young man against what I understood they were telling me about the rural movement. It seemed to me at the age of 22 that the rural movement was not a genuine Catholic action movement. And I've never changed. And when I came to write the book, that's what I said. That's what I wrote about. My parents were working class. Uh, my father was a factory worker who died prematurely from sucking up briquette dust into his lungs at the local milk factory. My mother left school early and became a domestic servant before marrying. They grew up surrounded by great sadness. I grew up in the best of times. They were amazed and delighted when I became the National Organising Secretary of the Rural Movement. And such a grand title bore no relationship to my relative importance in the organisation. <laughs> <laughs> they were even more surprised when I drove home in a brand new FC Holden, which we all called Powder Blue. Whenever they could, they came with me and I took them for trips in this wonderful new blue car. And whenever I could, I drove my terrain friends on trips around the state. I drove with the windows down and the car radio roaring out my favourite songs from the hit parades. Sinatra, Doris Day, Dean Martin, the Four Aces, the Everly Brothers, I knew them all, I knew everyone, I knew every hit song that ever came out in the 1950s. My addiction to American pop music plays a major role in the book. And one of the important things that happened to me, I did have quotes from the uh, songs in the book, but copyright in the end knocked me out and I had to delete the songs and I tried to bring in some parts of the songs without actually naming the exact words. Much of the time working for the NCRM was spent in travelling around Victoria and parts of New South Wales raising funds for the rural movement. For a time I was very successful. I worked three months as a volunteer uh, because when I turned up, year 10 from Tarang High didn't look good 
the two previous organisers, one became a QC and the, the other one was an accountant. So I turned up YCW working class in year 10, graduating in Daytona shorthand and typewriting. I didn't fit the image. But what shocked them all was I could collect the money. <laughs> it was extraordinary. And they looked at me and wondered, what is he doing to get the money? But I worked out a system and it worked. And because I was country, unsophisticated, rural, just like them, I was, a, I was an outstanding money collector. But you can read in the book how I did it. The book, for much of its history, was called something else. I called it the um, Confessions of a Money Collector. <laughs> I, was less, I was less than honest the way I went, went, went about it. Um, and I admit that in, in, in the book. Um, but the book leads up to the inevitable climax with the confrontation at the La Verna Convention in April 1961. And um, this convention uh, I had instigated innocently, um, which had serious repercussions for me, for Father John Maloney of Ballarat, who was at that time the diocesan chaplain of the YCW and now Emeritus Professor of Australian History at the ANU. He spoke at the convention and it had serious repercussions too for the NCRM as an organisation. Maloney was an expert in Catholic action and had been my YCW chaplain. I don't wish to fill in the details about the convention because I go into some detail about what happened. And one reader sent me an email yesterday and said the end of it reads like a thriller. He was not quite sure what was going to happen. But I can say this much. <clears throat> At the convention, I had virtually nothing to say. I had little idea of what was going on. I was completely out of my depth. I believe all of us there were of goodwill. I believe that they all wanted what was best for the rural movement. I was wrong. I want to say something about the writing of the book. I mean, the way it was written. I always knew I had a good story. I knew it had dramatic potential. I wanted the reader to experience the events. I wanted the reader to feel the emotional intensity of the conflict at La Verna. It was never about telling the story, but involving the reader intellectually and emotionally. I wanted to create what it was like growing up Catholic in the 50s. I wanted to create real people I knew there were no heroes in the story, and I was happy about that. I knew that the story was filled with irony, and I was happy about that. I wrote with three models in mind. I read George Orwell short stories for much of the time I was writing the book. I read, I read Orwell for its clarity. 
And I read James Joyce. I read his short stories in the mind with bits out of Ulysses. I love his poetic imagery and I try to emulate that in the writing of the book. And I love Seamus Heaney. I love his poetry. I love the way he talks. Um, I love his humanity. And I love the country feel, the way he writes about people. And so those three people were uppermost in my mind. And I wrote on a bit of paper above, I want to write like these people. Of course, that was impossible. I was, I would say, as interested in the way the book was written as I was with the events. I wanted to write something that people would remember because of the quality of the writing, as much as about Santa Maria and John Maloney and, and the man who went around collecting money for the rural movement. I want to say something, though, about Catholic action because it's obviously a great mystery to most people who are now about and had no experience of what Catholic action was. So just a few points. <clears throat> Catholic action organisations were organisations of lay people unlike all other organisations of lay people in the church. Catholic action was special because the bishops co-opted the laity into what we called their spiritual mission. We became sharers in the apostolate of the hierarchy. We were responsible to them, the bishops. We could only operate under a mandate which they granted us. They were responsible for forming us in the mind of the church. Put it this way, we were the agents of the bishops in the world. Catholic Action organisations were thus intimately linked to the church with the bishop as their chair. Catholic Action was based on individuals acting in their lives in the social, economic and political field. But here's the critical thing. Individuals arrived at their solutions to problems that were important to them. But individuals did not act in a vacuum. The church went to some lengths to ensure that action of individual lay people did not involve the church. Of critical importance was this. Catholic action organisations as such were not to become directly involved in party politics. Any direct involvement in party political matters was strictly forbidden because it would involve the church. We were the agents of the bishops, we were mandated by the bishops, we could not become party political. However, action was not based solely on individuals. Organisations such as the YCW or the Rural Movement could speak on behalf of their members. They could make representation to government or local organisations on behalf of their members. But they had to be transparent. They spoke as an organisation in the democratic way. 
They were not secret organisations. Now I want to say something about Bob Santa Maria and his view of Catholic action. Bob rejected the official and orthodox view of Catholic action. And this is the central theme of my book. This rejection led to serious repercussions for both the Australian Church and Australian politics. It also, in my view, led to the eventual failure of the rural movement, which became little more than an anti-communist front, despite the fact it was a mandated Catholic action movement answerable to the bishops. This rejection by Bob of official and orthodox Catholic action led to the inevitable split within the Australian Catholic bishops in the 1950s, the split in the ALP in 1955, and the formation of the DLP, which kept the Liberals in power and Labor out for 23 years. This rejection led to the involvement of Vatican officials to resolve the issues of Catholic action in Australia in 1957. That decision went against Santa Maria and endorsed the view of Catholic action which had been first defined by Pius XI in 1927. I make the point in the book that Santa Maria was out of step with church authorities. He had the support of some Australian bishops, especially Archbishop Mannix and other Victorian bishops, but he was out of step with the authorities in Rome. He set up his own hybrid version of Catholic action with, in my view, disastrous consequences. The 1957 Vatican decision, which went against Santa Maria, was later endorsed by Pope Paul VI at the close of the Second Vatican Council in 1965. Santa Maria's views on Catholic action were divisive and wrong and, in my view, were central to the failure of the National Catholic Rural Movement. So, what did Santa, why did Santa Maria reject Catholic action? For one simple reason, he didn't think it worked. What was his view? He had an authoritarian view of Catholic action. He believed all action should be geared to political change, highly coordinated and disciplined. Nothing he believed could change if individuals were free to work out their own solutions. He believed in what he called, no sorry, what Kevin Kelly called a single force of Catholic laymen. Women, I'm sorry, were never taken seriously in the rural movement in the 50s and 60s. One woman wrote a cookery book and that was about as good as it got for women in 1961. Bob wanted and expected a highly disciplined group of what he called the best people, controlled and directed from the top. He believed in mobilising Catholics 
as a quasi-political force operating under him. The fact that Catholic action organisations were intimately linked to the church appeared not to worry him. For years he argued that his work in the labour movement fighting communism was Catholic action. When the Vatican said it wasn't, he turned his organisation into a civic body. For years he used the rural movement as an arm of his anti-communist political campaign despite its formal status as a movement of Catholic action. He was never interested in fine distinctions. His way of acting was to permeate political, economic and social organisations. Policies was what interested him. Policies had to change. Politicians had to be influenced. Allegiance of his members was not to the organisations they joined, but to him. People were expected in the rural movement to join farming organisations, but their allegiance was less about the organisation they joined, but to him and the policies that he wanted implemented in those organisations. He'd learnt this from the Communist Party. He never joined the political mainstream. He never joined the political party. He never tested his views in a democratic forum. He manipulated the action of Catholics from within his Catholic centre. Opposition was not tolerated. The rural movement was one year old when he was telling his members to move out if they were not prepared to work outside church circles. He never accepted the idea of forming members, which was central to the whole idea of Catholic action. For Bob, the task always took precedence. Forming people, he believed, was slow and ineffective. There can be no question that this is what he thought. I found stacks of evidence to show that the importance is the issue at hand not the training of people that they might develop and work themselves through their organisations. He was more interested in the results that would come from changing policies within organisations. And with his success in the labour movement, he tried to change the nature of the rural movement. So after La Verna in 1961, he tried to change the status of the rural movement from a Catholic action organisation into a civic organisation like the NCC. He wanted an organisation that could become directly involved in politics. In the early 60s, this is what he tried to do. He wanted a civic body without any direct links to the church, controlled and organised by him. Now, I haven't said much to you at all about this great mysterious body called the rural movement. Um, I've concentrated on three things. On me growing up in Tarang and how I became involved in the YCW and how I became involved with the rural movement. I've talked a bit about Catholic action. I've explained to you what it was and I've explained to you Bob Santa Maria's view of it. 
and I've been critical of him because I believe because of his view on Catholic action, the rural movement never became a genuine Catholic action movement and because of the way he organised Catholics as a quasi-political force, he was responsible in my view for the failure of the rural movement and the split in the church and the split in the Labor Party in 1955. So I'm sure you'll have some questions to challenge perhaps some of the things that I've said. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.